0: This is a journey into sound.
1: I know what you pinko
2: heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSRcast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the Mainstream.
3: Right when you see the new album, the album cover, it is clear that Hammerfall have returned to their roots of what Hammerfall really is, even returning to the storyline, especially in Hector's Hymn. Was this a conscious decision for the band?
2: Uh, Not so much, I think. With Hector's Hymn in particular, yes, because that was an attempt from my part to to write a song that, uh, well, basically to write the, the kind of song that I think Hammerfall fans Identify hammerful with the most Mm -hmm. throughout the years, Uh, so it was. It started out that way anyway. I had a riff, and I thought if I do this and and just play like that, and blah blah. blah, You know, worked on it for for a couple of days, and and had this this in the back of my head that I was going to try to do, uh, kind of like like you said, an old school hammerful song, kind of. But but um, uh, as far as the whole album goes, no, we didn't have anything like that in mind. Uh, It just like like with any any album we write the songs based on how we feel at the moment uh how how where we are in life basically uh, that that has a huge uh impact on how the songs turn out in the end uh as like for ex- inf- example for infected um was a bit of a tumultuous time for me uh or uh, personally at least when i wrote the songs and it had been for a while uh whereas this time i was very much in a, in a really really good place uh, uh, personally and I, I think that reflects the way the songs sound in the end for me that, that it, it's always been like that you know if I feel good uh, I can write good music if I feel bad I can write I write yeah. usually uh, different types of music maybe not always bad but it's always it, it's more it, it's less uniform let's put it mm-hmm. that way
3: so going back to Hector's hymn really quick, um, a lot of you can listen to the, the lyrics and there's a lot of callbacks to previous albums, and even in the in the music video.
2: Yeah, that was uh, with, with the lyrics. Joachim writes almost all of the lyrics for Hammerfall, and I think when I told him about the idea I had for for this um, uh, for Hector's hymn, the, the, you know what I thought, what I was working on. Uh, like doing it this way, uh, I think he caught on to that idea. He liked that idea, so so he he sort of littered the lyrics with with references to to different Hammerfall things, so songs and albums and and just Hammerfall type of stuff. Uh, so that song, the lyrics to that song is more like a, more a reference than 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 an actually actual story like we had before. And as for the video, that sort of sprung out of all these things, you know, the 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 way the song the song is uh all the references and everything it, it sort of lent itself very well to that type of video to to incorporate the all the the album covers from 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 old and make them into 3D versions and and uh we had some guys who who came up with this idea and were really good at doing it so i think it turned out it, it came together really well i think it, it came together exactly the way we wanted it
3: now, now you're talking about the uh, video. let's talk about that a second. Do you think um music videos in this day and age are just a necessary evil and what do you what is it, your experience on them
2: um, Well, it's been less and less important uh if you go back uh fifteen or fourteen years when when uh, we released renegade uh this this was our first number one uh album selling album in in Sweden and i think that this was made possible because of the video that we had for Renegade which was on television a lot uh before before the album was released uh and and so we did benefit a lot from the video that there and and still did for for several more years but uh it, it's less and less uh you, you never get any airplay basically on tv anymore it, it's mm-hmm. uh, always internet so now everything is internet based so uh, it, it, the importance of it has has diminished a little bit I think it, it's still important as a promotion tool but it's not uh, not as uh, uh, as it was once and especially in the, the 80s and 90s when the videos were, were because now you, you have everything online anyway uh, so television is, is not important so it, it's but, but I think it's, it's fun I mean we always try to make fun videos that that, that are special in with effects and something that we we would like to watch ourselves, basically. And I think that was the same thing we did with One More Time, last time out. Uh, it's just a, in a different environment from what people were used to seeing Hammerful in.
3: So how long does it, uh, does it take to go from concept to completion when you're writing a new album?
2: Um, well, it takes about... I'd I, I say uh, every, each song takes about one month to, to, to finish uh, but then I work on several songs at the same time, so it's never like one mo- month with one song, and, and it's always varied. Like last time, I, uh, I wrote the first two songs in one week, <laughs> so you know it always has some differences. But differences. But um, generally, I'd say it takes about six, uh, six to eight months ri- of, of writing music you know like being focused on on being creative and then when we're done with that we we have a deadline and then uh, we go into the studio we never write anything in the studio so we write everything beforehand
3: Talk about the studio uh, experience this time. Um, tell us about the decision to use Frederick Nordstrom again for the first time since, like, Legacy of Kings. Um,
2: well, it, it was um, something I think we felt we we wanted to do. We always felt we wanted to work with him again. It was like when we we um, uh, decided to do Renegade with another producer. It was was never a case of oh, the, you know, we, we're not satisfied with Frederick or anything. We, we were always very satisfied with his job. It was just a matter of us wanting to um, uh, to keep things fresh, I think. And for us, as as huge Accept fans, like we we still are and have been since since we were kids, uh, working with the guy who is part at least partially responsible for the Accept sound with mm-hmm. Michael Wagner for Renegade was was uh, uh, it, it was a dream come true, basically. Uh, and and uh, but but still, at the same time, we always knew that we wanted to go back to working with Frederick because he's a really really good producer, obviously. Uh, and I, I've known Frederick since the '80s, so I have a, I have a, a different relationship to him than just a, you know just a producer kind of relationship. Uh, but um, but it was always a matter of time, basically. And and this time, it was when the time was right, which it was now. I think that's when we wanted to do it. So uh, I believe that uh, Frederick. Uh, has the... I mean, he has the knowledge, obviously, but I I believe he has also uh, the... the, um, How do you say in English? He has the... uh, uh, He had the aspiration to, I think... Mm -hmm. uh, Because I, I think that he didn't like us going somewhere else, you know, after the Legacy of Kings. I think he felt snubbed, I guess you say in English, right? Right. It it, it was not intentional from our side. We just wanted to to expand our horizons, basically. But I think he felt that he wanted to have another chance, you know. Um, And I think he was happy that we we wanted to to, to uh, give him this chance now, uh, and we were obviously happy to to do it as well because we knew. I mean, from from the second we started uh, thinking about it, to talking to him about it, we knew that we were going to get a, a, a fantastic sounding album out of it.
3: So, this being your ninth album, what is your mindset when you go in? Okay, I'm gonna. We need to have that traditional Hammerfall sound, but we want to try a little bit different here.
2: Uh do you mean with with the, the the whole album yes yeah uh i i think um when i write music for an album i never write 10 or 15 songs and then we pick whatever songs we like the best that's never been the case uh i always try to make it uh, into a, a complete album so that uh you know there are not three or four songs that sound similar to each other like the same tempo the same key and everything like that um so, I always try to be wary of that when i write write the song so like if I have uh uh let's say six songs finished and a couple more uh in the pipeline, I always try to make them different so if uh, and then then I, that's why if i have when when I'm done with the songwriting, I always have a couple more that I didn't use this time you know that like a couple of of, of uh, uh templates or demos or whatever of, of stuff you know from in various stages of completion obviously. But uh, that didn't make it this time out. But but I, I know that I'm going to make a song out of it for the next album or, or the next after that. It depends mm-hmm. on when you know when, when it works. Um, but it was never. We, I, I don't think we never sat down and thought, let's do this type of album. Now I, I don't think I can do that really. I think I, I tried it with one song and it did work really actually. But I, I think with the whole album, it's just a matter of everything coming together uh, in, in uh, the the good way in a, in a good way. Uh, much more uh uh timing than than an actual intent
3: so let's get into some of the uh, the actual tracks from the album um i guess the first single that came out was bushido yes let's talk about that song
2: well um uh, is japanese and it means the way of the warrior uh and we we have a song called the way of the warrior from 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 the Renegade album, uh, and I, I I'm a fan of mixed martial arts, you know MMA, and um, I I had a, a tape or something I can't remember. I, maybe I saw it somewhere online or whatever. But uh, the uh, there was a Japanese organization called Pride who had a, 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 an MMA event called Pride Bushido, and I found out what that meant. And when I did, I, I always since that day I thought. I'm gonna do a song called Bushido one day, you know, because this is the way of the warrior. We already have that. We're gonna do a Bushido uh, once too, because it's it's a cool word and and, and, it, and it the meaning is obviously uh, very uh, typical for hammerful. Um, so I, I and uh, it took me a while this time when I was almost half done with this song when I realized that this would be a perfect name for the song because of the tempo and the, and the his triplets and all that stuff. Uh, it goes well with um, uh the, the title went well with the type of song that it was uh and if you listen to the song and if you listen to uh, the way of the warrior from 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 the old days uh you can hear at the end of bushido there's a little bit of a, a nod in that direction where i took the intro for for the way, the way of the warrior and and made it into an outro for for bushido somehow just to link them together a little bit more wow
3: and very catchy tune
2: thank you I, I think i agree with you Ashley, that that's uh, the one song that everybody who has heard the album for the first time they can't that's the one song that they keep singing in their ringing, ringing in their head afterwards uh i, I did several uh, tests with this uh because the 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 actual chorus is is uh made by the 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 vocal melodies from from Pontus and Joachim they did that one uh but when i heard it i was uh, I, I felt something. I, I could not stop singing it in my yeah. head, and, and I tried this on on my cousins and, and friends. You know, just people before the album was recorded and, and before it was released, just to see how they reacted to it. And and pretty much everybody had the same same feeling that this is uh, something that gets stuck in your head. Uh, and so, so that's one of the main reasons we chose it as a as the first single uh, because it's uh, even if you hear it just once, you uh, uh, you can sing along with it, and, and it's pretty basic, I guess. But it, it's uh, for me, this is what ha- what Hammerfall heavy metal is all about.
3: I was about to about to say the exact same thing. To me, Hammerfall, the music, the songs, they just get stuck in your head, and that's what the band is about to me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's really difficult to do. That I mean, this is something we try to, but but not. You never know when you have a song if if people are going to get it stuck in their heads or not until <laughs> you try it a couple of times so uh i I think we we succeeded w- very well with uh with Bushido in that respect i i guess
3: um the other couple of tracks i wanted to um talk to you about um tainted metal i wanted to find out what the meaning behind that song is uh
2: you mean lyrically? yes sir uh difficult for me to to uh that's the one song I really don't know actually uh but uh because Joachim writes the lyrics like I said or at mm-hmm. least most of it and uh uh this song also is made by by him and uh, uh, pontus together so so they wrote the the song and not the lyrics for it was just joking, but the uh <clears throat> um the music but let's see i'm going to check it out i have it in front of me because i don't know the lyrics very well right now uh Oh man, I really don't know what this means. I, I, I can't tell actually. This is something a, a question for Joachim. I should probably ask have asked <laughs> stuff like this before, uh, but I've, I've done lots of interviews and and uh, very few ask me what this or this song is about really, except for Winter Is Coming, which I know because I wrote that one myself. But everything else is is more uh, more diffuse for me.
3: Let's talk about Winter Is Coming.
2: Uh, well, this is uh, a ballad, obviously. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Song of Ice and Fire fan. We had uh, several song titles and even an album title back in 2005 uh, that came from from this this book series from George Martin. Uh, and um, but but previously, all these songs have always been. Like, I, I write the song or the, or the music for the song, and then I, I put a title to it, and then Joachim writes the lyrics for that song. And he has not read the books. I don't even think he has seen the, the Game of Thrones t- TV series. So uh, he doesn't really know the universe. So everything, all the lyrics he's done has never been about the actual uh, uh, the Westeros and, and, and everything that goes on in the books. So uh, this time... Um, I decided to write a song that actually had any something to do with 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 uh, a song of ice and fire, uh, so that this is uh, my my take on a, a possible ending or a possible future for all the storylines storylines in, in the book. Oh
3: wow! Basically, that doesn't get more geeky than that. I love that. Just,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well. You know this uh, I, I'm trying to keep back uh, to hold back a little bit because if I start talking about this, these books I, I can go on forever and I've made that mistake before uh, but I it, it's been uh, the, the world that he has created with this these these books is uh, it's just it blows my mind basically I, I can't understand how anybody can have such uh, such talent is to be able to do that uh, I think it's it's unbelievable and i really really like it it's like you were there whenever you read it you feel like you're there so oh, i yeah. want to to add, contribute something to this basically
3: and i take it you are a fan of the tv show
2: absolutely uh i i think the tv show, if i hadn't read the books i think the game of thrones would be my favorite television show ever I, I think but because i have read the books several times i can't help but feeling annoyed that they changed something something you know <laughs> here and there uh, the only thing, well, it hasn't been that bad. The, the second uh, second season was worse, I think, uh, mm-hmm. but the, the last season was okay. I, I mean, I understand they have to cut some some things out. They can't do all the storylines that, that he does in his his bricks of books that he does. You know, yeah. they're a thousand yep. pages almost. But but what, the one thing I really annoyed, that really annoyed me was the the, the character of Stannis Baratheon uh, when he because this this guy is is. Uh, they they tried to paint him as this sort of thing that they do in the books uh, mm-hmm. but but they fail i think in having him uh have sex with this um uh, it Melisandre, or whatever his name her name is the the red witch or or what they call him her right uh I think that that is something that the book Stannis would never do uh because he's so, he, he's he, his uh, character is all about honor and uh and righteousness and uh, he feels he doesn't want the throne. But he feels that his, it's his right and his duty to assume it. That's why he's fighting for it. And I don't I I I have such a hard time seeing him having uh, an affair with somebody, even if it is uh, the Red Witch. Uh, I, I think that 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 really that annoyed me for several several episodes actually that <laughs> particular thing. But but these are all details. As a whole, I think the the the, the TV series Game of Thrones could not be better. It's it's. Uh, Very, very, very good.
3: One of the other uh, shows that I do with the podcast called the Metal Geeks Podcast, and where we mm-hmm. we're, we're a heavy metal show, but we have you know different guys from bands come in, and we geek out on comic books and video games and TV mm-hmm. shows. So I was going to ask you, you sort of already answered that question, but what did you geek out on?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, obviously things like things like that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a, 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 a TV ga- I mean, sorry, sorry video game enthusiast as well. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah me too definitely yeah i mean that that's i i play it sometimes uh, uh game over oh, I play a lot now, but what i'm into right now and have been, cause i i'm um uh sort of a collector by by mm. nature i guess because uh, i have collected a lot of things over the years and i never throw away one one single thing uh so i i still have all my um, my nintendo uh, consoles and, and the games and everything from from the 80s and 90s uh, oh, yeah. still in, in really good condition most for the most part anyway and I I've just recently started buying uh, buying a lot of like Super Nintendo games that I didn't have I played them but I didn't own them I borrowed mm-hmm. them from people back then but the, the, you know complete with the booklet and uh, and the uh, the cover and everything is, is good good a shape as possible and the thing these are getting I, I thought I think for a couple of years ago you could get them really cheap right uh, here uh, five ten years ago it was nobody wanted them but they're getting more and more expensive now I think uh, I pay uh, I, I bought some, two uh, two of those today actually uh, for let's see how much that would be in, do- in dollars about uh, uh, maybe fifty dollars or something like that mm. uh, for, for to uh uh, two games, uh, complete games. But uh, but uh, what I was going to say also, I, I, this is what I do right now. But, but I also have a, a huge Star Wars collection, of, of vintage Star Wars stuff from the eighties, uh, which I kept from 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 back then in mint condition for the most part. Now I don't I didn't keep everything like uh, all the boxes and everything for everything, but for most many things I did, and I also have expanded on that collection quite a bit in when eBay started coming out in mm-hmm. well, when I discovered eBay, I should say for the first time. <laughs> Was about around 2000, maybe 99, 2000, something like that. 2001, maybe actually. Uh, but but I started buying vintage Star Wars there, and, and for a while I was I, I that's the only thing I did for a couple of weeks, and I had to I had to force myself to stop doing it because I I you know you buy it from usually from the states. It was was usually from 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 what I you know the stuff that I wanted was usually available over, over there, uh, and it took maybe a week or, or ten days for the stuff to arrive, and once I realized I just finished buying stuff or, or bidding on stuff online and uh, that I, I uh, actually had one already. Like, I got them delivered from a different uh, different seller. Oh. Uh, I, I realized that I have to probably stop doing this right now. Uh, so I scaled it down and then I stopped completely. But I still have, I don't know how many boxes I have of, of stuff. Uh, I was also, when we recorded Renegade, I was into. Uh, uh, Well, that's about like the year after um, um, uh, Phantom Menace came out, and they did some uh, a a, a sort of vintage-like series of of, uh, toys or collectibles. Then, right, Uh, remember that? I loved those. I thought they were because they were as far as close to the vintage as I could get. You know, without getting the, I could go into a store and buy buy stuff because we were there for eight weeks in Nashville, so I had a lot of time to to buy, uh, buy Star Wars toys. And I ended up buying uh, so much that my, my suitcase was completely full with uh, every, everything. It was just a lot of books and stuff too, but, but completely packed. And then I had to ship, uh, send two boxes. One was from a television set and the other one was from a, a receiver or something. So they were pretty big boxes, completely packed with uh, with uh, Star Wars Toys that I had bought and I couldn't get home in any <laughs> other way, so I, I think I paid hundred and ten dollars for for shipping alone for those two things. Um, but that's you know, if you're a collector, oh, yeah. this, you can't get rid of those. You know, I have, I, I love, I never play with them, obviously, but I know I have them, and that's all that matters. You know, I I, I love it, and, and Star Wars just has been my favorite since I was a kid. So it, it's um, uh, it, it, it mean them. That collection means a lot to me.
3: And are you looking forward to the new movie?
2: Um, yes and no, I think. Yeah, uh, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I heard a lot of good things about this. Uh, what's his name, the guy who's directing it? Abrams?
3: Is yeah, J.J. Yes, Abrams. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I haven't seen what he's done with that, but but I hear he's done good things with, with the franchise, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. I have to say that I loved... Phantom Menace is my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, I saw that really? five times in the in the in the theater. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I and that was the same thing. Thing I was very skeptic when that came out. I, I didn't really, I, I I wasn't sure. I thought that no, they can. Oh my god, what they've done? What what have they done? They done with it, you know, with, with all the previews and all that. And then uh, my a friend of mine uh, uh, was yes, but actually from from In Flames, he's also a huge Star Wars geek. Uh, well, in flames, he's not in, in flames more anymore. He was in flames back then, right? Uh, but he he told me uh, that check it out. You know, I think you you will like it. Uh, and this was bef- after the movie already had been out in the theaters for a while. I think he saw it in the premiere or something like that. But but he said I, I, it's really good. You know, go check it out. Uh, and so I was at home just hanging about and then all of a sudden the the star the phantom uh duel of fates came on the the music video that they did for that
3: mm-hmm. one. oh yeah
2: and i i started looking watching it and i found myself three and a, half, and a half minutes later sitting like one meter from the television just goosebumps all over i i had to go see the movie, so i did obviously right away and and that that i ain't got goosebumps even now i'm sitting it's really warm in here it's uh, <laughs> sunny and everything but i get goosebumps just thinking about this movie the the john williams um compositions for for the star wars movies i mean even if i love the old stuff i think that, that some of that that's the the i don't know what it's called but i think it's a, the the Princess Leia theme or something or maybe, it's, maybe it's not that but it's one of those that came, came, comes back in all of the movies that's one of my favorite uh, tracks ever but Duel of the Fates I think tops that one there's nothing wrong with that song I mean there's not a single thing that, that's it's perfect it can't be any better and John Williams is a musical genius in my my opinion
3: Let's get back into the metal for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. If, we can, if we have to, <laughs> uh, if we have to. Um, so I guess it is an, an inevitable and in, uh, necessary thing for a band to be pigeonholed into a certain genre and then subgenre and then subgenre of that. Yeah. How do you? How do you get away from that?
2: Well, by not looking so much online. I think that's the <laughs> only way. Uh, now, th- this is. A, a kind of a, a bone of contention, I think you say in English for mm-hmm. me, uh, because the thing is, a lot of people uh, nowadays everywhere call Hammerfall a power metal band, which I can see why people do that. But for me, when we started, when I formed Hammerfall in 1993, the only power metal available was U.S. power metal, which was Jack Panzer and, and I don't know Omen or whatever, you know that type of those types right. of bands. Which I think is they're quite different from from Hammerfall and from the melodic uh, German scene that, that where we are are getting our most of our influences from. Um, but so and also w- w- in '93 and, and onwards, uh, heavy metal as a, as, a, as a genre as, as a, an epithet was it was something that that it was a bad word basically. You know, it, it was uh, uh, very uncool, and if people. Uh, if, if you said that you were playing heavy metal or liked heavy metal, you got like a, one of those superior laughs. <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, the, the people were looking down on you for that. And and I, I didn't want to be ashamed of anything that I loved as much as, as I loved heavy metal. I mean, I loved it for my my whole life. You know, it, 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 since I ever since I discovered it when I was ten or twelve or whatever it was, I, I had a, a, a huge it's been my life since then, basically, and so I didn't want to uh, to be. We didn't want to be ashamed of that, and, and so obviously the reaction then was to: if people want to laugh at us when we call us heavy metal, that only makes us want to call us heavy metal even more, basically. Uh, so we we sort of embraced the the term heavy metal, and, and uh, uh, when, when nobody else wanted to, basically, uh, and that is why. That, that's why I feel so strongly about this today, because, like I said, power metal didn't exist back then. Heavy metal was all that they, that it was for us, and uh, then people wanted to put us in a certain, uh, certain, certain uh, compartment mm-hmm. just because it fit their their needs more than anybody else's, uh, and I didn't approve of that. So I, I'm regularly getting going onto our uh, uh, Wikipedia page. And changing it from power metal to heavy metal. Because it always says, Hammerfall is a power metal band from Sweden. And I always always change it to a heavy metal band from Sweden. <laughs> I will never stop doing that. I haven't done it in a while now. I realized just when I was talking about it. It's been a couple of months now. So maybe somebody changed it again. But uh, anyway, th- this is a really important thing for me. That's what I'm getting at. I, for me, uh, being a heavy metal band is... is uh, uh, that that means much more than just, uh, ju- than, than just a um, uh, it, it's more than just a term. It, it's sort right. of what we base our whole lives on, basically. So that's why it's such a so important. And I see now that it actually still is Swedish heavy metal band from Gothenburg. So I'm happy yeah. about that.
3: I, I just had to pull up myself. I just looked at it. <laughs> so um, talking about you know coming from Gothenburg, um, which I guess is really popularized for a certain you know the death metal sound. How has Hammerfall always kept their own sound and style and is avoided all that?
2: Um, difficult. I mean, we, the thing with Hammerfall is we've never had any uh, delusions of, of what we are, basically. Mm-hmm. Hammerfall's always been, from day one, a heavy metal band. That's, like, we didn't start out as a death metal band or anything or wanted to, to try different genres. Or, I mean, we, we started playing heavy metal because we loved the music, not because we wanted to be famous or thought other people would would enjoy hearing our music. That was, like I said, in the 90s, especially in Sweden, and I guess it was the same in the U.S., uh, there was no market for anything like this. There were were a few bands like Halloween or Gamma Ray and and, and stuff. Manor did did release albums occasionally uh, and Stradivarius as well, but I didn't know know what Stradivarius was back then. I, I only learned about that a couple of years later, but Bands like that, uh, they did exist but they were few and far in between and there was no, no band was ever coming to tour. The, the closest band that I, I saw uh, touring uh, in Sweden, I mean in Scandinavia, was Man of War. I saw them in '95 in Denmark uh, which is, uh, C- Copenhagen is pretty close to Gothenburg. It, it's uh, like three or four hours away only so you, it's pretty, pretty easy to get there. Mm. Uh, but that, that was the closest I came to a, a, a metal show and uh, I, I just wanted to. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I started. I started losing track about for what I was talking about for a second, but now I remember. Uh, the thing is, we we always knew that this is what we want to do. We we didn't want to uh, try something different, uh, or or uh, we didn't. Wa- Sorry about that. I was stressed, trying to turn something off, and then I, I turned it on instead. <laughs> it made a lot of noise. <laughs> um but anyway we, we never had any any uh, life crisis or whatever Hammerfall has always been a heavy metal band and and that's why that's how we have been able to to keep it that all the time because we knew from the start from day one what what we were we were we weren't on a on a an explorative uh, journey or anything of any kind we we were a heavy metal band period, and that's what we wanted to do so i think that's one of the have been able to to uh, keep it li- uh, contained, so to speak, yeah, like this uh, for such a long time.
3: I know when you first started, you uh, played in a couple of death metal bands. What was that catalyst to first start Hammerfall?
2: Sorry, can you repeat that? I have some some sort of noise on the line for a sure. uh, um,
3: I know when you first started, you were playing in some death metal bands. What was mm-hmm. that catalyst of the first start Hammerfall? Uh, well,
2: uh, the thing I was in a band called Ceremony Loaf and. Um, uh, we see, we recorded an album in 1992, and it took a while for that album to came out. To come out, it didn't come out until '93 in April or so. And when the album came out, I had uh, quit ceremonial because I wasn't uh, well. There was um, people. Let's say, let's just put it this way: people wanted to to change the style of music into something I didn't basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I wanted to keep going where we had, and people wanted to be more contemporary in terms of uh, of bands. Uh, never mind; that, 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 it doesn't matter. Um, so when when I uh, quit Quit Ceremonial Oath, I had already started to uh, uh, to write some songs. I think uh, Steel with Steel I had written originally to be a part of, of Ceremonial. At least half of the song was done by then, uh, but I. I what I thought was, and this goes back to what I was talking about before, because because nobody else was playing the type of music I wanted to listen to, you know, I I said why not do it myself? But it's because of of the of the um, The outcast status of of metal or heavy metal, uh, we didn't really have any aspirations. I mean, everybody had different bands. I had another band called Crystal Age for several years in the beginning. It's a death metal band as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody in the band uh, was doing different things with death metal. uh, And that was always their main priority, basically. Because we didn't see a future with Powerful as far as as we could do anything with it. Because we didn't think anybody would be interested in, in, in heavy metal anymore uh so that is why why uh also another to to answer your, your your previous question that is why it was easy for me to keep those two separate as well because I already had a an outlet for the death metal stuff and hammer an outlet for heavy metal so wh- uh, I did form the band the Hammerfall, basically right after i i quit ceremonial oath and uh uh there was also on a, on a very and then I broke my arm actually uh, right after that uh, like two months uh, or one or two months after I after that so I didn't do anything for about four or five or six months maybe uh, and and then when I started up again I had uh, Jesper uh, Stromblad wanted to to uh, to join me with with uh, because he, uh, he was also in ceremonial oath but he had quit ceremonial oath by that time as well All right so. Uh, and that was the uh, key in the beginning in the beginning it was just him and me basically doing all this all the the music and everything so uh it was um that 's how it basically started i guess
3: now um what first got you into music? What was that first band
2: um I don't know, to be honest. I, I can't uh, put a finger on exactly this. This is a, I, I, that's why I always have. Uh, I'm I'm always a bit skeptic when people say, "Oh, I, I heard Kiss when I was five and I saw them live and or television or whatever," and then I knew what, what I wanted to do with my life. I always take that with a grain of salt because I don't even remember when I was five. Uh, I, I can't have any. I don't have any specific memories from from how I was feeling about certain things back then. <laughs> that came a lot later for me but anyway uh, I, I think um I discovered metal in when I was about ten but it wasn't i don't think it was like for for me it wasn't oh one instance that the world changed or anything i have some some things like that but that was it was always built up by by several other things like i bought um i bought um uh screaming for vengeance and um the hell was that called? What, like an accept kind of collection album, Metal, no, not Metal Masters. It was something else. But but a couple of of used albums from my friend who didn't want them anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. This
2: was in eighty two, I, I guess eighty eighty two, maybe early eighty three or something like that. Then this is when I started to get into. I had a, a I listened to Kiss before, Kiss Alive. I had a cassette from I borrowed from my cousin uh, before that. But then then it was just a cassette I listened to, to good music. I didn't know what KISS was. So I didn't have any, uh, any, uh, avenues of pursuing like a metal interest or anything like that. I was just listening to a cassette. But then I realized that this is part of the same type of music. And, and with boils to the wall, that was sort of the eye opener for me, uh, because they played this, this song on the radio, uh, on, in Sweden back then. I, I think it was like brand new. It just came out or something like that. And, um, my, I didn't know what Accept was. Uh, like I didn't know Accept was. Well, put, I, I didn't know that Accept was the band that that and, and that bands release albums and they come up with new stuff every once in a while. You know, I, I had no right. no concept for me. It was just music for me. It was just stuff. I didn't really. I didn't have a concept of touring either. It took me five years to I understood that the bands actually went out on tour mm-hmm. and I could go and see the, the my heroes. You know, then I missed. Uh, Twista's sister, and I missed Accept and King Diamond and, and a bunch of other stuff I, I didn't miss uh, in the eighties because I didn't know, you know, I was just clueless when it came to that. But uh, b- with Bulls to the Wall, I was I, I am a friend, a friend of my brother's. I have a younger brother; he's one and half, one and a half year younger than me. And uh, you know how it was when you were ten, twelve; we were always fighting every time, yep. uh, all the time. And uh, if he had the power to deny me something. He would in an, in heartbeat all, always, <laughs> and, and so when his his, his uh, buddy came over, he had a cassette with balls to the wall on it, and and you know we had a living room. They that, that's the only place where the only stereo we had in the in the whole house. So he sat down and and put the cassette on, and and I listened. I heard some like, good music. I came into the room and I listened to you know continue finished listening to the song, and as soon as my brother understood I wanted to listen to it again, uh, you know, and hear hear more of it, he said get out of here, you know, I had the room first, you can't be in there, and eventually mom got involved and said, okay, your little brother's right, go to your room, you know, he's here with a friend, you know, he can be down here, and of course I didn't get to listen to this song anymore, but then um, an hour or two later, my brother and his buddy went out uh, outside for and to play whenever, I don't know what they were doing, but, uh, and then I snuck back down because they left the tape in in the cassette deck, so... I started listening to that song over and over and over again for a while before they came back. You know, I just took my took the chance of of because I I knew that was a connection for me with 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 heavy heavy metal music that I knew that there was some this was something that I that I really loved and I started to understand why I was loving it as well like the the energy and the the power of of of, of the music in, in itself. Uh, And I did play, I I was also playing, I started playing guitar a couple of years later. I I was uh, uh, playing the trombone for four years. I think it was 82 to 86 or something like that. So uh, when I started playing guitar, I did that because I realized that you can have a heavy metal have a metal band with a trombone in it. This impossible. <laughs> I, I realized that I have to. If if I wanted to play something that 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 was the music I was listening to, it would have to be guitar or bass or you know rock music anyway, a rock, rock instrument. Uh, so I then I switched from trombone to the guitar. But um, uh, but but that's that, that's like the, this period of of my life is when I got it from '82 till '84 or something is when I discovered it and started getting really into it. Uh, and one of the first albums I did buy was uh, "Stay Hungry" with Twisted sister when that just came out.
3: Wow! So, um, going to like current times, what are some of your uh, favorite bands to listen to now? Any-
2: oh, it, it's like when I when I'm really into something, I I I think this has to do with the collector's side of things. When I'm really into yeah. it, I never let go of it. You know, I, I've never stopped listening to any music ever. I think maybe Guns N' Roses uh appetite for destruction. I stopped listening to when I started listening to death metal a lot because I didn't um that's, everybody loved Guns N' Roses and I didn't want to be like everybody basically but also <laughs> because <laughs> because um uh I was I had so much new stuff with with the death metal scene that was was uh, growing and everything back then this was probably 88 or something like that. Uh so but maybe, but but I did pick up Guns N' Roses after a while. Again, and my uh, my girlfriend—that's one of her absolute favorite bands. So I, I, if I didn't like Guns N' Roses, I would have a really hard time living in this house. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, but um, uh, contemporary bands that I, I'm really into right now, like King Diamond and Mercy Faith, have always been. Ever since I discovered them, I, it's been one of the, my favorites. But Lately, I, it, it's one of those bands that I I just have a I get a craving for. When, sometimes I get I have to listen to "Mercy of Faith." I have to hear the the voice of King Diamond, and oh, yeah. it, it, it's I don't know what that is, but but that that's really um, something that, that I also have to sing along with with what he's doing. I think that's part of it. You know, I I, I want to be a part of 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 uh, the, a part of the music when I hear it, and not and just he- li- listen to it.
3: And he's back, and he's uh, touring the States in a few months.
2: I know. Uh, I went to, uh, you know, in open air in, in mm-hmm. Germany, the festival. We played there this year on a Thursday, and he was playing on a Friday. So I, I stayed one day longer to to be able to catch the show. Uh, I don't think I could have lived with myself otherwise. I, I really had to go see it. Uh, it's unbelievably good now uh our our guitar player pontus is doing the sound for king diamond actually uh has been for a couple of years oh, wow. and so he's going to be on the on the tour in the u.s uh with him and uh some you know when when he's done this uh the sound checks and everything and he, he sometimes takes a couple of pictures like look where i'm doing right now because he knows how big a big of a fan of, of king i am <laughs> uh and it's really really Annoying, but sometimes it's also at the same time really fun to see, like the setup and and yeah, he has a picture with King and it, it, it's I hate him for it, but I still I, I'm still interested in it, you know. Um, but but King is is uh, if if you uh, you do you like King Diamond? Oh, Maybe? definitely
0: yes. Yeah, oh, so yes.
2: you're probably going to go see them. When they, yes. when they play, he will not be disappointed unless he has a really bad day. I don't think he will, uh, but it, it, he's probably going to have a uh you're probably gonna have a really good time because it it's very, very good now. The the set list and, and also the uh the um, uh the performance from everybody, especially from King. I think he's I've seen him over the years when he has not been his best. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. around the time of Voodoo I, I went to see him in in Gothenburg and yeah, he's always good but he wasn't as good as I hoped. But but this time I think it's it's even better than than I could it's even better than I had any any than he had and then he's had any business of being actually <laughs> because because of his triple bypass and yeah. the, the the back problems and everything so it, it's 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 super super good um, performance and show everything is fantastic with that so I really really recommend it.
3: Action whacking um, or balken, uh Do you prefer larger festival crowds like that, or do you like smaller, <clears throat> intimate shows?
2: Well, it, both are are different enough that it's. I, I think I like both, uh, but uh, the I, I kind of more. I'm more into more intimate stuff because uh, it, it's it's easier to get a connection with with people. It, you you don't all it, it, on bigger stages. Sometimes you get the feeling that you're 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 playing in in a a bubble, or on television for people, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. It's like they're not really there, because they're so far away. But uh, it, it, on the other hand, looking out uh, and seeing eighty-five thousand people uh, is <laughs> it's an impressive sight. It's a, it's a really nice feeling too. So that's why you know, I, I can't really say I prefer one or the other. It's just different. I like I like the fact that we're we're fortunate enough to do both.
3: Now uh, with such a bag a large back catalog of songs now nine albums how do you determine what songs to put into your live set?
2: Oh man, it's getting harder and harder every time. Uh, I thought it was difficult last time with, <laughs> with the, when Effective came out, but now it's even even worse. We, we, I would like to play for three or four hours. Yeah, that that would be my my optimum. But uh, in, in, you know, so I didn't have to to. Uh, to take some songs out, but obviously we can't do that. So uh, I, I think usually this is done by by Joachim and myself, and we we um, sort of uh, um, bounce it back and forth a couple of times before we agree on 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 the good set list. Now it feels like we're we're focusing a bit more on on uh, the older days. Uh, but we haven't really made up our minds of what's going to be included on the tour yet. So it, I think it has. It depends a little bit on where we are. So the next next shows that we're going to do is going to be in. Uh, we start with Moscow, but then we go to Latin America, which is a territory we haven't done in uh, eight years. So I'm guessing that's, that the setlist might be a little bit different there than it will be uh, when we do Europe after Christmas. Uh, so. I don't know what what it's going to be entailed but uh, it, we usually play a little bit from every album I think uh, that's actually not not going to be the case this time I think we can't do that if we're going to play all the, the hits so to speak that, that people expect us to play some new stuff and some fun stuff uh, I don't think we're going to be able to cover all the albums anymore which will be a first because that's something I've always um, always uh, t- took a lot of of effort put a lot of effort into making sure that that's that was the case uh because i don't like it when bands tour and then and mm-hmm. then they do just two or three albums i mean it depends on the, on the type of band and what kind of career they had as well but but as a fan of a band i i i don't want just the the obvious songs i want something more but i don't want just the non-obvious songs either you know a good mix of it i think and there's it, always
3: yeah, there's always a song that you sort of feel obligated to play to yeah. each each show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have a few of those now actually uh that people and it's funny how how people are and you shouldn't you know I know you shouldn't take it so seriously but every time we do a show it's like, "Oh yeah, a really good show, but why didn't you play this song?" It's like, "Okay, yeah, we didn't play it, but we played this one instead." Which you know, it, it, we can't please everybody. It's mm-hmm. really really difficult. <laughs> And, and it's just all this great show but kind of thing i am so tired of hearing that I, I don't want want input on what songs people think we should or shouldn't play uh you get that anyway from the reactions uh, of people you know, all of the other fans when you when you do it uh but i I understand that people only mean well that they wanna uh, wanna tell me what songs or songs they like the best i mean that's obviously why why people are are talking about it. But it's just tiresome that nothing you see, you do seem to be enough for people. There's <laughs> always some people who don't like it. But that's the case. That's the way with life. So I, I'm not right. complaining about it really.
3: So uh, you write the music for for Hammerfall, but have you ever put any uh, thought or ideas behind maybe doing a solo album where you can do a little bit different?
2: Uh, not seriously, uh, because for me, Hammerfall is is my solo album in the respect that I, I get to do exactly what I want. I have no limitations. I feel... Because Hammerfall, the, the type of music, the, the type of albums that we do with Hammerfall, this is... If I would do a solo album, this is exactly what it would sound like. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have any... If I would do a solo album, I probably would do a cover album. You know, that that's uh, just for fun, basically. And maybe try out playing the bass or, or singing a little bit, or you know, different things. That, that would be the... The the reason for me to do solo solo album would be to do something more uh, musically, not not necessarily creatively, but but more uh, to to try try other other things out that I wanted to do. And but, uh, go ahead. Okay. yeah, no, I was just gonna. It, it's never gonna happen. But that's <laughs> something that's something I've, I, I, I've been thinking about. If because I get this question a lot, because Joachim has done a solo album, Stefan did a solo album, Anders has done, done many solo albums as well. So, you know, people, it's kind of in the times now as well, because it's so easy to do a, a proper album as well. But I never did really, I never felt the, the inclination to do it, basically.
3: I was going to say, I know Hammerfall have done their their share of cover songs. Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, yeah no, I was just agreeing with you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is there uh, anything in the back of your mind? Okay, I, I we really got to put our our touch to the song.
2: Um yeah, I guess so. I mean, like you said, we have done a lot of cover songs over the years, but there, there's always because I have so many bands that I really, really like. Uh there are there are definitely songs that I think we that would be interesting to hear what they would sound like if if Hammerfall did them. Uh we did one on Infected. The send me a sign. is a cover from a Hungarian heavy metal band called Pokal Gip. And uh, not many people know them, obviously, because they were not very famous outside of, of Eastern Europe. But, uh, but that song, I heard that song probably 25 years ago, 20, 25, something like that. And uh, when when Hammerful started playing, when Joachim came into the band and, and, and from that point on, it's always been a song that I wanted to cover because I thought he would sing this beautifully, uh, which he, I think he did. It, it fit his voice very well, the the mm-hmm. the, the, the the type of, of melodies and all that. Uh, so that was the last one I had on my mind like that, and we did that last on the last album. But uh, there's definitely I would do like to do a cover of of uh, Heaven's Gate. That would be fun, a uh, German. Uh, Heavy metal kind of band from from I say uh, late late eighties early nineties I think they were well they, yeah that's uh, the guy who who uh, produces uh, the Avantage albums for example oh yes uh, yeah Sasha Pet right he, he was in in uh, in Heaven's Gate uh, that's the type, uh, that's the kind of band I would like to maybe do a cover of once uh, we were. Almost well, on the verge of doing another Stormwitch cover last year because uh, one of the founders and main songwriters of Stormwitch died. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: I believe it was last year. Yeah, two thousand. I think it was two thousand thirteen. Uh, and uh, so we wanted to do a tribute to him, but um, for whatever reason, it never materialized. I think I don't think Joachim and I could agree on the, what song to do. I think uh, <laughs> we had different opinions on that, so we we, we didn't do anything with that, but. Uh, but, but there are definitely, I mean, we, I could mention hundreds, hundred songs that I would like to do, but, uh, it's all a matter of getting Joachim on board and then getting a, a good, uh, good version of it together, I guess. <laughs>
3: Now, are there any plans uh, for the book you wrote about the band to be translated into any other languages, like English?
2: Uh, Plans? uh, Hopes, yes, but no concrete plans. Uh, We have, the the publisher that released the book in Swedish has an agent that works out of London, I believe, to get it, to to get other publishers in England and Germany and whatever countries to get them interested in in picking, picking up the book, basically. And I, I keep pushing for it that, that they should, should not miss out on the opportunity, whether when we go out on tour, it would be a good idea to have the translation done. But, I mean, it's September now and we go on tour in, in, uh, in January. So I, I don't see that happening. Uh, unfortunately, and English would be a, a great idea as well for, for, uh, we don't do a lot of touring in English speaking countries. Uh, but if we go back to the U.S. next year, uh, it would be a, a great idea to have the book available at that time. But it's all a matter of agents and, and publishers getting agreeing on things. I mean this out of my hands, I, I just tell our, tell my publisher what I would like to and, and, and try to push him in, and, but he can't do anything either because it's up to the agent now. so we will, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I, I hope it will happen.
3: So but, uh, besides the touring you mentioned uh, starting up early next year, what, uh, what is next for the band?
2: Um well the the immediate future will be uh some interviews and uh maybe some promotional appearances. I don't know uh if we're doing anything in Sweden uh in September. We haven't heard anything. But uh I I, I just became a father for the first time uh in well it's not even a week now. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing that for... Well, that's going to take up most of my time for two months. But uh, we will be doing the, uh, the, the Moscow and Latin America at uh, the end of November, early December. So uh, that's that's the next thing on, on our agenda. And then we do Europe after New Year's. And that, after that, it's pretty much open. I mean, we have some festivals booked already for next year in Europe, but we have a lot of, of spaces available, so to speak. So I, I'm hoping we can go to to uh to the u.s uh again i mean it's been now four years it will be five years next year and that's sort of the the time span that we have been been doing it in uh over over the last years it's been four years and then four years and then four years and now five yeah. years i guess so, so yeah so more or less i think it's about time that we go back
3: yeah i would definitely look forward to seeing you guys live
2: yeah, I hope so. I mean, I like being in the U.S. I, I really enjoy being there on tour because it's it's uh, it's a different world, and different. I mean, we're still Western civilization, but it's still a different culture anyway, in a lot of ways from from what I'm used to. And also, it's different from being on on the road in in let's say Germany, where all the the TV channels, for example, are in German. It's uh, you know all, all those things. Uh, that's uh, like the the whole. English language thing is, is uh, much easier for me uh, over there, uh, but uh, it, it's also a matter of getting the promoters and, and the, uh, we have an agent, obviously, a booking agent in, in the US to get get a good tour together that 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 doesn't send us home with with uh, a loss, you know. Basically, right. just, that's the way it has been mo- for most of the time. So we've been been touring there, and at this point in time, uh, when when people are getting older, like. I'm I'm I was I'm the last guy in the band to have a child, so everybody has families, uh, and obviously supporting the families gets more and more important. So we have we can't waste any money anymore, uh, mm-hmm. like like we could before. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that we can't do it. You know, that, that we just have to be the right tour. Basically, that's what I'm getting at. Like a, a properly planned and put together tour that that will. Ensure that we don't make a lo- uh, loss out of it, basically, and so I, I, that's not out of the question. It's not a, an impossibility or anything. It just has to be done, basically.
3: Well, I'd like to thank you for your time. Is there uh, any last words yeah. you'd like to say to the fans?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, in that case, thank you for for buying uh, Revolution, and thank you for not forgetting about us for the 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 two two and a half years that we've been been gone. Uh, I, the, the Revolution was uh, number one on the heat seekers the billboard heat seeker charts I'm not sure exactly what that entails but number one is at least a number one <sighs> uh, so that means that people bought it anyway uh, so I'm really happy about that and, and I would like to thank people for the support <laughs>
3: Thanks for listening to another fine podcast, brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit msrcast.com. Metal or die! Let's get
1: to metal all, all the time! Yeah!